Hello and welcome back to Stern Chats, a podcast that explores the untold stories of the NYU Stern community. Today, I'm thrilled to be hosting the first episode of this year's Meet the Hosts. I'm joined by three of Stern's best and brightest, Cameron Bishop, Aaron Malone, and Chris Metz. Hi, I'm Cameron Bishop. I'm a MBA2 full-time. I'm Chris Metz, and I'm a Langone part-time student. Hi, I'm Aaron Malone, and I'm a Langone part-time student. Hello, Stern Chats. Excited to be here. Very excited to be here. Amazing. So uh, just before we had started recording, we had been talking about our summers and then that sort of fed in naturally to talking about classes this fall as we're just getting back into the swing of things. And we thought, what better way to get people in Stern Chats excited about getting back in the fall and in the swing of classes than to talk about what classes we're excited to be taking. So Aaron, uh, would you start us off and let us know what class you're excited to be, ta- I guess, most excited to be taking this fall? Yes. So this class, actually, I was inspired by listening to a podcast over the pandemic. Um, the class that I'm most excited about taking is real estate entrepreneurship with uh, Professor Harry Chernoff. And during the pandemic, when we were all, you know, really listening to podcasts even more, I got into Bigger Pockets, which is a podcast about uh, real estate investment and um, establishing passive income. And um, I'm excited to now learn about real estate entrepreneurship uh, through through Stern. So we'll be taking that this fall. You know, uh, I too am a big fan of Bigger Pockets. Uh, it's something that I've been listening to for even pre-pandemic, but. Uh, sort of trying to build that capital to start the investments. It's taking some time. But uh, I also listened to Infinity Investing, which is also another related real estate investment um, podcast. And, and they pr- provide webinars as well, just like Bigger Pockets. But uh, I would love to learn more about the, what you learn in that class. And who knows, maybe we could become partners one day. Maybe we could. You know, one of my, I have very few regrets in life. And during the pandemic, I tried to, to make this happen. And, and my, it failed, which is a story for, for another story. But um, maybe we can. We can take it, take it off the stern chats and into investment. I love it. Building, building uh, stern chats business plans on live recording. So, Chris, uh, what are you looking forward to this fall? So I am in my, I guess this is my first fall semester. I started in uh, spring. Uh, and when I was getting ready to book my semester, uh, I reached out to all my potential professors. Uh, and uh, I let them know that uh, with the start of the uh, Langone semester starting in uh, September 18th, so next week, uh, that is shortly after the, the, it's shortly before, the due date of my first child, who's due to arrive on September 27th. Um, and out of all my professors, the one that's been the most uh, authentic and provided the best response to my reach out um, was the financial accounting professor. And uh, he reached out and we did a Zoom chat 
And he told me about how he was a part-time MBA student, how he also had his first child during his MBA program. So the fact that he had this human and personal response to my inquiry was like, I could be the worst student in your financial accounting class, but you've got a fan for life. So That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone that's getting excited about accounting and their professor, that's a great start to the year. And Chris, you had mentioned uh, that you're in the Langone program and Aaron, I know you are as well. And so Cameron, I promise we're going to get to you and what you're most excited about. Aaron, I know you're closer to the finish line of the Langone program and Chris, you're just getting started, but how did you, uh, how did you both get involved in the Langone program? Well, so I, um, I oversee alumni relations at Stern and I've worked at Stern for almost eight years. So, you know, I, I know a lot of alumni, a lot of administrators, faculty. So it was just sort of a, a natural progression to also get my MBA through Stern. Um, you know, had to apply like everyone else and take the GRE and, uh, you know, came through through my love of Stern. And, you know, in our department alumni relations, most of us have our MBAs from Stern, which, you know, makes us just better at our jobs. Um, so that's that's how I came to the program. I thought you were going to say that uh, most of the people in the alumni team that you all listen to Stern chats a lot. But I guess oh, they, also, well, now uh, that I'm on here, they will. I guess, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, the NBA is also good, but got to get yeah. everyone listening to Stern chats. Uh, exactly. So I I uh, came to Stern well Stern Chats. I came to Stern Chats by way of the Langone program. But I came to the Langone program. I work in compliance. Uh, I'm a licensed attorney, uh, and I in fact work for the NYU Office of uh, Ethics and Compliance, formerly the Office of Compliance and Risk Management. And you know, having that law background, uh, I felt like in order to be a more effective compliance officer, I needed to get the sort of the better business acumen and understand the financials and all that, all that jazz. So, uh, you know, I did the the grunt work of uh, going through all the the application process, like uh, all my other classmates in my cohort, and uh, you know. Uh, I got the excellent news that I'm in this program and, uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy the ride while I got it. And the one good thing about this part-time program is if I do need to slow down because um, Bebe is arriving, we will, uh, I, I could take one class a semester if it needs to be that way. So it's that flexibility is really clutch and key. And that's what really spoke to me as well. That's so great. Yeah. Cameron, you know, we had a couple classes last year with Langones and uh, that was always the most fun experience to hear about what people were doing during the day. And we had a professor that said that he could tell which of his students were Langones and which were full-time MBAs because the full-time MBAs just looked like they were on a perpetual vacation. No, I was just going to say it was great working with the Langones. I think on the project, I think the class we're talking about, right, is innovation and design. Yes. Uh, it was great actually having really diverse perspectives and people actually in the working world thinking about how this might apply to their work when they were bringing solutions to class, which was cool. Yeah. And so speaking of classes again, Cameron, what are you, what are you looking forward to this fall? 
Yeah, so I think it's really great that Aaron and Chris were inspired by podcasts uh, to take classes. I wish I could say the same. I've actually never listened to a podcast before. I'm hoping to have uh, appeared in more podcasts than I've ever heard. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it worked. It worked. It'll yeah. Well, that's post. Uh, yeah, like boom. Uh, yeah. So I'm. Uh, so. I have been a big fan of the experiential learning classes I've gotten to take at Stern and one class that I'm taking this semester. Another experiential learning class that I'm really excited about is the fashion and luxury digital solutions course. So in the experiential learning courses that Stern offers, you get the opportunity usually to work with a company and you work with a group of students on some sort of business case. And it, it not only introduces theory, but it also gives you the chance to apply that theory in some kind of real world scenario, which is really exciting for me and also super helpful because uh, my brain works a lot better with practical things than uh, theoretical things. And with this one, I'm super excited about it because coming to New York, uh, before this I'd lived in Texas and DC, I was excited about exploring a lot of the great things that New York has like fashion and luxury. Uh, Stern's famous for it. New York is, I mean, fashion week's going on like right now, right? And, uh, but my, my focuses and my goal out of business school were to get into product management, like software product management, which wasn't necessarily going to have me overlap with fashion luxury. So I'm really excited that I've gotten the uh, room in my schedule to take this class because I'm getting to explore something that I'm really interested in, even though it's not necessarily going to be something that I uh, think about deeply in my career. I do like the, the opportunity here to take some of my digital interests and merge them with what I want to learn about luxury. So I'm excited to see where this class goes this semester. My first, uh, our first meeting is going to be next week, and I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, it's something I didn't totally realize coming into the MBA program, but that, you know, you have your core classes, you have the accountings and the statistics and operations and all of those. But then once you get a little further along, you actually have this opportunity to take things that are totally outside of what you would actually be doing in your day-to-day job or career or professionally. And I think it actually can ultimately complement it because, you know, if you're doing tech product management, I think that there are lessons and things that you'll, I'm sure, take from that fashion and uh, luxury class that you'll be able to apply to make tech products more beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that is such a good point. Uh, That's something that I've been thinking about with this program is that you know, I could have potentially maybe progressed my career where I want to go, which is into product management from where I was before Stern. But through Stern, I have this opportunity to get more well-rounded than I would have been. And that's uh, taking classes like this is, you know, how I think I might get there. I just want to hop on your your, your joke before, though, Cam. Uh, was it, you, you said you wanted to appear on more podcasts than you host. Yeah, it's a it's um. Admittedly, I'm kind of riffing off of an old joke from um, it's a it's a like there's this British TV show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's like a satirical uh, kind of thriller comedy, and uh, it's based on this fake author in the setup whose name's Garth. His name's Garth Marenghi, and one of his claims to fame is that he's written more books than he's read, which is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. So uh, related to that, if, if I were to have that goal. That's a large number of podcasts for me because this is actually the second uh, podcast I get, I'm get. i getting the host. I used to host a sports podcast with a buddy of mine uh, about five years ago now. Gosh, I'm old. Um, we did it for about five or six seasons, and it was all about uh, football and sports betting and 
the sports industry. He was an economist and I was, I being the attorney on hand, we were also talking about sports betting laws, the illegality, and we talked about, you know, the Supreme Court decision and stuff like that. And then every, every once in a while, we'd bring on a guest. Uh, you know, we've had, we had sports agents on the show. We had um, attorneys that uh, focus on gambling and even just other people in the sports industry themselves uh, in, as advo- in advocacy work. So it, it was a fun time. It was called the Illegal Formation Podcast. So that's going to get me another like extra, you know, 100 or so listens, maybe. We'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, if I were to have that same goal, that's going to be a lot of a lot of episodes to to catch up to. <laughs> but Cameron, you were you were kidding about that. You don't listen to the podcast, right? Yeah, I'm completely kidding. I'm completely kidding. I am addicted to podcast consumptions. But Chris, that's awesome. Go off, DraftKings. <laughs> Stop. I that, was, that. that was all right. You know, I, I may have the title uh, as soon to be father to develop the puns, but that was honestly kudos. Kudos, sir. Dad level, dad level joke right there. Um, well, I mean, so something that I was looking at recently, and I think it's a really terrifying and interesting thing to think about is I'm not sure if you all have seen that New York City has gotten approved to open a casino, but um, no. there's it's in the works that there's going to be in the near, not too far future, a casino that opens in New York City. And I was just curious about, you know, what are the places that could potentially be home to New York City's first casino? And I'll tell you all the three that people are speculating. And then I'd love to hear where you all would, where you think it would be and where you think the worst possible place New York could put a casino could be. And so funny enough, two of the three are actually probably in two of the top two places that are the worst to put a casino but from what i've seen it's times square (laughs) hudson yards (laughs) and then across the street from city field at the willits point new development that they're doing i can't possibly imagine that they would add something that makes times square even more chaotic and busy but i wouldn't put it past them either and when you first said that hudson yards immediately came to mind I think that's where I put it, you know? I mean, they need some help over there. It's it's an area with some infrastructure already, some restaurants. I mean, maybe maybe Hudson Yards. I thought you were also going to say somewhere that no one who's from New York wants to go right. anyway. Right. So mine is exactly. right over there. Exactly. It's near Port Authority. <laughs> I think Hudson Yards is actually kind of perfect. So... You know, one of my biggest gripes about Vegas is that it, the Strip is just one giant Times Square. So we don't need to make Times Square, like, twice as bad. It's already bad enough. We already avoid it like the plague. We will avoid it like three plagues. So I think on it, Hudson Yards isn't a terrible idea, but I think the Willits Point area is even better because the infrastructure is... You've got not only you have the subway, you also have the LIRR, and the LIRR can get you into Grand Central or Penn Station. If I, and then from there, you could also enhance the the New York City ferry service, which they're sort of building upon too. Which 
right right by City Field, you have the marina. I'm sure you could put a ferry stop there, and you could have that go up to uh, the two Bronx stops, and maybe even across to the uh, Upper East Side, or even uh, get down to Astoria. So, I mean, I feel like, and that's an area where they're looking to develop anyway. So, I think that's a great opportunity um, because. To be honest, we don't need all those auto body shops that are across from City Field anymore. We, you know, we we need to make that area nice and and and, and fun. So, because the Mets have been a miserable team for me. So, I mean, you know, I, I want another reason to go over there. My idea for a best worst location for the casino would be, of course, um, a beautiful tropical resort, Ellis Island. Um, pay. <laughs> Pay for pay for New York strip stakes as you pay respects to your ancestors. Uh, it's it's a, it's a that's on very nice. Make it a destination, you know, Ellis Island. Uh, uh, you know the the Statue of Liberty. Obviously, everyone's coming to see beautiful Lady Luck. Uh, it's gonna it's yeah. I, I think it's a really you know we're not doing anything with it, right? It's been out of commission for. Years, I think, at this point. Yeah, we gotta we gotta revitalize poor old Ellis Island. I like that. What's the worst place possible? <laughs> I actually think, kind of, in a way, not a terrible place to put it. Kind of ridiculous place to put it, but I would enjoy it. Is uh, right across the like like right across the water from uh, Fidei on Staten Island. I think would be a party. That little uh, where the ferry lands. Just take over that. That like there's there's tons of land there that we could definitely uh, turn into a casino, and I think Staten Island could really use the uh, attention. That would be almost too perfect, you know, to put it there. Well, I mean, maybe to have a sentimental note, um, if I, as I've shared with you guys, that my mom recently passed, and I got to give a shout out to my 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 Langone Orange Block because. When I told them what happened, they raised funds to donate in honor of my mom. And then when I got back to the office last week, they had left me a sympathy card. And in it, since they couldn't do a meal train in person, they gave me a bunch of Uber Eats cards. So that way, like, we can get by uh, without having to worry about eating. So honestly... One of the my favorite things about NYU Stern, and I'm, I'm sure it, it, it's also a full time program, but I can speak for the Langone program is that the collaboration and the the love and the family vibe that I get it's unbeatable. It's it's um it's one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite places to be. I love that. That's really sweet. Shout out to Langone Orange Block definitely speak for the full-time program as well is it's so awesome with Stern and it's something that is preached all through the application process and through orientation and everything, but you really don't fully appreciate it until you get into the program and into Stern and you're here and you get to meet all sorts of people. And it really is true. Sort of the EQ uh, community perspective of Stern and you know it's a business school and everyone is here focused on careers and things like that but at the end of the day you do find everyone is in it for the team and for everyone all together as a community and that extends 
I'm sure Aaron, you see it with the alumni, but it extends from the moment people get to Stern on day one and sort of all the way through after graduating and beyond is it's just a unbelievable community. It really is. I hear that all the time from alumni and, you know, they talk about it, you know, such a differentiator between this and the, you know, school up North, everyone's just, you know, not competing with each other. Everyone, you know, really wants to have each other back and it's, it's impressive. And also I'll say having worked at Stern as an administrator for eight years, it's a great place to work too. So, you know, people have been here for 30, 40 years, much longer than I have, but, you know, it's a really, it's, it's a family for sure. And um, Dean Sundrum does an amazing job, you know, making sure that that kind of comes from the top. Yeah, that's so, it's great. It's great to hear also from the faculty side and, you know, from top down that it's all truly what it's about. Yeah, I will have to say I started the part-time program during the pandemic, so virtually, and I don't even have a block. I I, I, I kind of miss that. That's the one thing about starting during the pandemic. So I'm a little envious, Chris, of your of your orange block. So it's the one thing I missed out on, but it is what it is. <laughs> We're all your block, you know. We're all <laughs> yes, yes. Certain chats can now be my block. Yeah. Chosen block. I don't know, something like that or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> so, really, really trying with puns today or reaching it anyway. But um, yeah, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, I got to be a block leader last year and it was so fun planning events for everybody. Just getting to see all my friends um, every week, you know, connecting up. It's crazy, you know, like moving up to New York from like the South, it's a really different energy and really different city. And it's a little bit um, maybe intimidating and it's nice, like, Feeling like you have this uh, this friendly circle inside of this uh, kind of this just big, big, big place that are always like happy to see you and say hi and get lunch or grab a drink. Well, I mean, I could definitely echo that for for the university. But one thing, I'm a born and bred New Yorker, and we may not have the the niceties that uh, some folks around the country may have, but we have kindness in ways that uh, are leaps and bounds, like amazing. You know, we see someone, a mother sh struggling to bring up a, a stroller, we'll help her up with it and go on our day without even missing a beat. So, I mean, I, I think that sort of that kindness vibe that's in the city that people don't really see all the time, uh, it, it's, it permeates into the school as well. Totally. That, totally. no, and that's so, such a good point. Like, I didn't mean to imply that New Yorkers. Yeah, like, I think um, you get this perspective, especially from watching movies growing up of like, you know, like New Yorkers being like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm walking here, you know, uh, New Yorkers being like a little bit uh, unfriendly. But it's actually, yeah, no, it's actually kind of like whenever people are nice and they're often nice um, or they're often helpful, it's like that was actually such a big ask for you to be helpful right now because there's so much going on and you're so busy and it's kind of stressful sometimes and that you like took took time out of your day to be helpful is kind of huge um it was actually kind of cute i i was taking a flight back down to dallas to go to a friend's wedding and it was a southwest flight and it was like very texas the pilot was like a texan and i was telling him about how in the airport um like basically we needed help with a wheelchair um and the wheelchair person was so amazing at LaGuardia and like basically got us on that flight like we would have missed it without it and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, people here, they have really good hearts if you catch them on the right day. 
which is a funny <laughs> Texas take, but um, yeah, it's kind of true. I think as a fellow New Yorker as well, um, I think that's probably the most accurate way to describe it is uh, the heart's there, but you know, some days it's covered in sweat and dirt and, you know, subway grease, all of that. Exactly. Efficiency is, is key. <laughs> you know, it's the heart, but it's got to be efficient. got to be straightforward. Yeah. yeah. But they get it done and they mean well. Absolutely. Well, Aaron, Chris, Cameron, thanks so much for spending some of this lovely evening with me as we introduce ourselves to the Stern Chats community and beyond. Looking forward to hearing all of your amazing episodes and interviews and all that's to come with Stern Chats over the course of this year. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Yeah, very excited. Very excited to be part of the Stern Chats family and uh, looking forward to creating some magic with you folks.